Well, it's good to see y'all this afternoon. I appreciate the Lord. Just uh, And I made the <coughs> comment just in the prayer right before we ate, but just how the Lord uses this meeting here to, to touch my heart and kind of tender me again. And, uh, and I appreciate that. You know, a, a head that leaks won't swell. And I think a lot of times when we, uh, our tear ducts dry up and, um, and of all the messages, and I appreciate all the great messages that we've heard, but I guess one that has probably uh, resonated with me more than anything was Brother Fleur's, uh preaching about uh, out of Philippians and uh, just um, some humility. And uh, we all need it. And you say, I don't have no problem with pride. Your problem's lying. It's what your problem is, uh, because we all deal with it, and I appreciate all the great preaching that we've heard, and this morning, I don't know how you could get any better uh, than what we've heard, and I'm thankful for that, and I appreciate Brother Ricky, and, uh, and these men on the podium, Brother Brown, Brother Morgan, they're my friends, and I'm thankful for that. I appreciate good friends that the Lord gives us in these days, and I got friends in this building, and I'm so thankful for y'all. And I appreciate y'all praying for us and the church and the ministry there. And uh, I do want to mention, you can go ahead and be turning to 1 Kings 21, 1 Kings 21. And uh, as you're turning, I do, uh, and I'd ask Brother Ricky if it'd be okay uh, to, I wanted to mention a couple of things here. But I want y'all to help us pray about CBMI, Concord Baptist Missions International. Uh, the Lord impressed us to uh, start, begin a mission board. And I know, you know, everybody's got things to say about this, that, and the other. And they say, where's the mission board at in the Bible? I said, it's right behind that verse about Sunday school. But they're, uh, they're both, uh, you know, something that we do to help. And uh, the Lord has blessed us, Brother Ellis Heffington and his family. Of course, he was with Warrington many years, and now the Lord's led him back over to Concord. And, um, and so he is the director of Concord Baptist Missions International. And we're not in competition with anyone, but we do want to have a, uh, do want to have a mission endeavor that is biblical, uh, that is scriptural, that has the approval of God on it. And uh, we, we won't be the biggest and sure don't want to be the baddest, but we do want to be a blessing. And so if you're, uh, if you're a young man and you're, uh, God's called you to go somewhere or you uh, need to talk to us, uh, you can talk to myself. Brother Ellis is here as well. And uh, we're looking looking for that. We're, we're uh, uh, taking our old sanctuary there at Concord and uh, turning that into some office buildings. So y'all help us pray about that. Pray the Lord's will be done. And then ask Brother Ricky, would it be all right? Now, I don't know if everybody in here came. We'd hang you on a nail somewhere probably. But July 11th through the 14th will be our uh, annual summer camp meeting there at Faith Baptist Camp in Resaca, Georgia. And um, I want to say I appreciate Concord Baptist Church and the burden to keep that going. And uh, it's going because we've got good people. I promise you that. And uh, try to be there with us. Our first service will be on uh, July 11th, July 11th. That's a very important date. That's my birthday, so keep them cards and letters coming. But July 11th, it'll start Monday night, 7 o'clock, Monday night. And Brother Ricky Gravely actually be preaching for us. And, uh, amen, we've got Brother Ricky coming until the Lord comes. Brother Ricky will kick us off on Monday night. And then I've already got Brother Morgan lined up. If the Lord does come, uh, Brother Morgan will be the uh, new He'll be the new moderator there at Faith Baptist Camp. And so he, he's, uh, I've got him in waiting there. 
Amen. No, I, I love Brother John. Great man of God. And, uh, and, and I'll say this too. Amen. I'll say this. Um, these, I think about Brother, and if I, if, I, if I forget to mention any other evangelist in the building, I'm sorry, I don't do it on purpose, but Brother John Morgan, Brother Bobby Barnes, they preach at our church, Brother Goolsby, uh, these men will help you. And, uh, and so get with them. And I know how it is. I'm so, I, and I won't say this. I, I thank God tonight or today that I'm not in evangelism anymore. Uh, I'm, I'm be honest with you. I, I'm thankful for that. I appreciate that. There's a lot of things that uh, we learned on the road uh, that the Lord's let us use now. And, um, and these men, you don't know how it is to live out of a suitcase and uh, try to go in, try to be a blessing, try to be a help to people. These men will help your church. And, uh, and they're not, you know, they're not going to uh, do whatever. I remember Brother Billy Goosby said, I'd hate to know I'd have one man in that after one service I couldn't fix. Yeah, right. He's talking about somebody bringing advantage to tear the church up. Brother Goosby said, I'd hate to know I had a church that, that was so weak that I couldn't straighten it out after one message. And so um, these men will help you. And you missionaries that are here, I love you. Thank God for you. I appreciate you. Every man of God that's here, I'm so thankful for you. Many of you have been such a blessing to me and my wife and family over the years. Uh, you had us in. You used us. Uh, my family could sing, and that's why y'all had us, and I was the driver, and y'all felt sorry for me, and I appreciate that. Amen. 1 Kings chapter number 21. Let's stand as we read the word of the Lord. Thank the Lord for uh, Bible Baptist Church and, and just the good food we've been able to enjoy and uh, the good friends that we're able to see. First Kings in chapter number 21. Now the book of First Kings establishes the fact of uh, Bill Clinton and, uh, and Hillary being very immoral, uh, wicked, and uh, heathens uh, to say the least. But this course is talking about Ahab and Jezebel and she was really worse than he was. Uh, but I want to look at first number one of First Kings 21, how that Ahab's greed and covetousness drives him to approach a man by the name of Naboth. And he wants to make a deal with this man. The Bible said in verse number one, uh, 1 Kings 21 said, And it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard which was in Jezreel hard by the palace of Ahab king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth saying, Give me thy vineyard that I may have it for a garden of herbs because it is near unto my house and I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it. Or, if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. And Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid him down upon his face and turned away, laid him down upon his bed and turned away his face and would eat no bread. Thank you. You can be seated. I will say some other things out of the chapter here, but the king comes and offers to trade him uh, a better vineyard or to pay him some cash for his land. And if you look at this, it maybe looks like a reasonable offer uh, that he makes here. And so uh, Ahab gets Poot's mouth when Naboth says, no, I'm not going to do it. And he goes back. And of course, uh, there is a, a controversy here made between Jezebel and uh, Ahab 
job and she tells him, say, well, I thought you was the king. And so he gets to pouting and sulking around. And so she begins to manipulate him. And uh, so she makes a uh, recommendation that they set Naboth up. And that's what happens later on in the text. But uh, Ahab, he wanted something that was next to his palace. He wanted something that was next to his place. But I want to look at this man by the name of Naboth and the actions of this man. When he was tempted to sell out, he did not sell out because that was just not a parcel of ground to Naboth. This was something that this man had that was very dear to him and it was very valuable to him. And I want to preach today a little bit on the value of a vineyard. The value of a vineyard. Uh, here's what the king said. He said, well, what's the big deal about this? It's just a piece of property. And Naboth said, no, you don't understand. It's more than just a piece of property to me. Let me say something today. This is more than just getting together as a meeting of people who are of like faith. It goes much deeper than that for me and my wife and my family. We are becoming the minority. And I, I'm not trying to get a, a martyr's type attitude, but buddy, you will not find meetings like this anymore. If you ever get up and say anything negative or anything about sin, the moderator will get up and do a disclaimer and say, well, you know, uh, we just don't believe that around here or uh, start saying something negative about something that you hear. Thank God for a place you can come that they'll preach it. I mean, listen, preach it high. I like swinging from the chandeliers. I'm not going to do it on that right there. It's just a tad bit out of reach, but I'm not against swinging from the chandeliers or anything like that, but I appreciate a meeting where you can just come in and mind God. You can be what you need to be, be what you want to be for the honor and glory of God. And I'll say there's some things that the world and the flesh and the devil are trying to take away from you and I. And so Naboth says, I'm not going to give away what is dear to me. Naboth said, I'm not moving. He said, I'm not selling out. You just might as well go on your own way because I am not going to sell out. You say, why is that? First of all, because of the background. He said, I'm not going to sell out because this vineyard is very dear to me and it's very valuable because of the background. See, Naboth was there and he was laboring in a place, but a lot of things that he had was not because of his labor, but the labor of somebody else. His daddy had labored in that land. His granddaddy had labored in that land. His great-great-granddaddy had labored in that land. And he said it goes a lot deeper than that. No doubt Naboth spent his time as a little boy going around a childhood and a holy memory would associate with a particular spot on that land. And he said, there's no way I can sell that piece of property. I remember that tree over there that I prayed to the God of Israel and God answered my prayer. He said, I remember when I was over there in that meadow and I was down and God came to where I was and ministered unto me. And he said, I cannot sell out. He said, I've got some memories here that are very, very dear to me. And no doubt Naboth said, Daddy said, look, son, somebody's going to come to you one of these days. And Naboth's like, what, Daddy, what you talking about? He said, yeah, somebody's going to come here and they're going to try to get you to sell this property. Somebody's going to come here and say, Naboth, now listen, I'll give you good money for this. And Naboth said, my daddy's done told me don't get rid of it. I want to thank God today. And I know, listen, we are in sad shape when a young preacher comes in and I'm still young. Amen. I'm 54 and that's my story and I'm sticking to it. I'm still young. But you have somebody that'll come in, a young preacher that'll come in and the first thing to do, they tear down 
down the signs of the man of God that was there before. They want to get rid of any memory. They'll take down all the pictures. I will say this. We're here this afternoon because we had some Brother Sammy Allens. We had some Brother Seitlers. We had some men of God that would thunder the word of God. I mean, listen, I'm talking about hanging you out over hell. I tell you you was going to hell if you didn't get saved and didn't back up and did not compromise. And Naboth said, no. I said, my daddy gave me this. My father gave me this property and I am not backing up. There was a good background behind Naboth. Naboth came to the conclusion he wasn't just a servant and he wasn't just a son. He was a steward. He said, you know, daddy gave me this property. I want to thank God. Listen, I, I thought about this. I don't know what a colonnade is, all right? Uh, that may be something that you drank. I mean, listen, uh, some kind of lemonade or something. Uh, but I want to say something. Thank God for God being in a colonnade. I don't know, Barth Brooks may be here next week or whatever. Uh, Travis Twitt or whatever his name is. He may be singing here uh, next week. But thank God, God has been in this place. You say, why is that? Because it's not brick and mortar and it's not carpet. It is people who still believe a Bible, who still believe truth is truth, who still believe that sin is bad, amen, and that it needs to be thundered again. Naboth wasn't just a servant. He said, you know what? I have been left as a steward to this property because God had placed some things in his hand that did not need to be discarded. He needed to guard that area. I say we need to guard some things that God has blessed us with. I mean, listen, it might start in a Sunday school. It might start in a singing program. It might start something in your church that'll start small. You need to be on guard for that. I mean, you need to be looking for the least little area where the adversary might try to come in and infiltrate. I mean, listen, I, I, I don't believe in the old time way just because it is a good way. It is the right way. And the way we believe and the way we worship and the way we preach, I know that they probably didn't preach exactly like some men preach, but I believe Peter, when he stood up on the day of Pentecost, I believe there's a little bit of sweat running. I believe there's a little bit of high blood pressure. I believe there's a little bit of vein popping going on. I believe he got excited about what is a preaching and thank God it's still right. Preaching's still right. Amazing grace is still right. Thank God for a place that we can come and guard some things. Thank God for a good background that you and I have to, to worship in today. It's something that's valuable to him. And I tell you what, you, you have to guard something that is valuable to you. You say, why is that? Because there's been too many prayers for rain in Naboth's property. There's been too many times where they've had to go through pain. There's been too much labor and too much work behind the scenes for Naboth to say, well, it doesn't mean anything anymore. I tell you, because of his background, it was very valuable to him. But not only that, because of the blessings. It was a vineyard. Now, I will not try to uh, do what brother, uh, what brother Dana Williams did today, but this is in part of the text in Matthew in chapter number 20. Uh, that same thing that brother Williams preached about today about that vineyard. And I will just hit the high spots here, but I will say this. The Bible said in Matthew chapter 20, verse 1 said, For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning. That had got some folk right there to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for one penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And 
it goes on and talks about that and y'all heard Brother Williams preach about that this morning but what happens the landowner goes out around 6 in the morning or 9 in the morning and then he goes out through today to hire people uh, to work and it must have been a large vineyard because he needed a lot of people to work in it then he returns and you know the, the point of the parable is not the hard work of the labor the point of the whole parable is the fact of the generosity of the landowner I thank God for something to do and a vineyard and you don't have to get an attaboy button and you don't have to get a pat on the back and you don't have to be noticed and you don't have to have your name on your sleeve you're just glad to be serving in the vineyard hey thank God for the day that God saved us and put us in the vineyard thank God it is valuable amen God has given a place where you and I can be fruitful where we can see people get saved by the grace of God where we can see people get right with God and go on and grow on for the glory of God because of the blessings. And listen, thank God for a place that we can come apart where sinners can be saved, where saints can be secure, where servants can find the will of God or get in the will of God, where the singing is superb, where Sunday school, amen, thank God for churches that we can go through, where Sunday school's not dead, where praise God the deacons are full of the Holy Ghost of God and they're not flirting with the secretary. I thank God this is a Baptist camp meeting, it? amen. I know that Baptists ain't the only ones going to heaven, but praise God, I do not do a disclaimer today that I am a Baptist. Praise God for it. And I know independent, and I know people got th bad things to say about independent Baptists. Say all you want to. I wouldn't want to be anything else. Amen. Because why is that? Because of how we believe. It is a blessing. But Naboth's attachment to this place, he believes. You know, so it was just more than just an emotional attachment to Naboth. That's right. I mean, thank God for a piece of property that he had. But, you know, we talk about this King James Bible. And listen, I, I appreciate the good preaching, the great preaching about the Bible. I heard a man get critical of that one time about somebody preaching about the Bible. I said, well, the Bible said that he magnifies his word above all his name. If God magnifies his word, there's nothing wrong for me and you magnifying the word of God. But here's what people say. I say, well, you know, we're King James only. King James only. We're old timey. But you ask them what old time religion is. They just think it's shouting. They just think it's praising God. And I like that. But there's more to old time religion than just that, amen. I mean, listen, we're not King James just because it's old-fashioned. We're King James because it is the Word of God. If you looked at this, they'd say, well, what's the big deal here? But Naboth was not doing this because it was right in his own eyes. He was not doing this because it was something that just drove him emotionally. You say, why is that? Because it wasn't just a matter of being sentimental. It was a matter of being scriptural. Some people, they like old-time religion, and as long as you shouting, and as long as you're praising God, they like that. They're not against that. They enjoy that. But when you tell them that a woman ought to look like a woman and a man ought to look like a man, they'll get in the pooch mouth. They'll get upset. They'll get mad. They'll call you a legalist. They'll say, well, that boy right there, if he got a little deeper in the Bible, well, how deep is this, amen? And the Bible said that a man, it's a shame for a man to have long hair. People say, give me something deep out of the Bible. Well, get a haircut, amen? I mean, listen, I, I tell you what the women used to do. The women used to shout their hair down, but they don't have none to shout down no more. Amen. Amen. That's right. 
It's not something that's just sentimental to him. It was something that is scriptural. You say, where'd that come from? Leviticus 25, 23. The land shall not be sold forever, for the land is mine, for ye are strangers. Number 36 and verse 7. said, so shall not the inheritance of the children of Israel be removed from tribe to tribe. And I know that every man of God in here gets pressure from the outside. There's business being no doubt in your town. They say, well, you know, if you just water it down a little bit, if you just avoid some things. If you wouldn't preach on things every now and then. I tell you Brother Rains is here. Brother Doug. Thank God for me and like Brother Larry Rains. Have it reared back and preached. Amen. I mean told it like it was. It looked like it's ruined their family don't it. I reckon every Rains in the whole wide world knows how to sing. I mean listen and God's blessed that. You say why is that? Because he had a man of God that would stand up. I mean there used to be people when Brother Billy Canoy would get up or somebody. I mean listen I'm talking about somebody like Carl Lackey and get up. And I won't say something, Brother Ricky. I like it every once in a while when my preacher got up and just ate a bag of half a bag of 16 penny nails, chased it with some diesel fuel, shut his hand in the car door about five times and stumped his toe on the way to the pulpit and preached a devil out of us. Amen. Amen. Say, why is that? Because, listen, them old men of God, they knew a whole lot more, Brother Panther, than a lot of people do today. They'd preach against things and stuff and britches and they'd preach against short. I tell you what, if you're saved by the grace of God and you've been saved more than any time at all, your legs, if you're a man, they ought to look like you've been dipped in Clorox. Amen. And I know some of you ought to be ashamed. It looked like a pair of post hole diggers upside down with hair on the handles anyway. And so you ought to be ashamed. You've got some of these preachers running around. Uh, play, play. Got, got with a little old short shorts on. And say there ain't nothing wrong with that. And you got preacher's wives now. That's running around with the britches on. Hey man, listen. I'm, I'm not talking about somebody not a new con. I'm talking about somebody claimed to be saved. I tell you, we don't believe it just because it sounds all right. And I'm not up here to entertain nobody. I'm preaching, bless Pat, wherever he's at. But I tell you, what's right? Hey, some of those men, we, we wonder why they preach like that. Because God in his foreknowledge put it on the heart of those men of God because there'd be a day where you'd have some fella that says he's a man. And that ain't just going on in Hollywood. Right down the road, there's a school board that has told their teachers that you're going to have to introduce to the children, you're going to have to ask them whether they are a boy or a girl. I'm like, give me their birth certificate and I can tell you what they are and I don't even need the birth certificate. They say, why is that? Because God knew that that needed to be preached and that needed to be dealt with because you got some people now. I mean, they say, well, you know, we're going to figure out what they are when they get on down the road. I tell you what, if you got a baby on the way and it's been ultrasounded and his, I mean, listen, if it's a boy, there needs to be some John Deere green on your mailbox. They need to be some blue on your mailbox. If there's a girl coming, they needs to be some pink on your mailbox. It's not gray with God. God made them male and female. Hey, thank God for preaching and you don't hear it no more. What's right is right. Amen. And I've asked God, I've asked the Lord to help me keep a right kind of attitude hey, because you can be wrong being right. But I'm telling you what, it's still right for a woman to adorn herself in modest apparel. That's still in the book. We don't believe that just because somebody else preached it. We believe it because it is still in the Bible. It's still in the Bible for the woman, for a mama to be a keeper at home. 
not something that somebody just come up with just a little while back. That is in the book. It's in the Bible. Well, King James Bible all the way. Well, how much of it do we believe? Amen, it's right, it's right. And, and you know, people say, well, you know, we, gotta, we, we don't want to run nobody off. I, I believe this, and, and I've just lived this. When I came to Concord, I didn't know a whole lot. Still don't know a whole lot. You can say amen right there. It'd be all right. And, and, and you know, I'd just come in there and I didn't, I didn't know no better. I just got saved, got out of the graveyard. I mean, listen, you don't throw your cigarettes out on the way to church, hunt them on the way home. Throw your stuff out on the way to church, hunt it on the way home. I mean, didn't know no better. I mean, you take your CDs and throw them out, get rid of stuff like that. Hey, you know, the preacher got up. He just preached it, amen. He didn't get up and say, nah, I don't, don't want to make nobody mad. I don't want shut nobody's doors. I don't want to offend nobody. I tell you, a new convert, listen to me, I believe this is right because I've seen it work. A new convert, they're tender. I mean, their heart's tender toward God. I tell you, you don't have to worry about running them off. You don't have to worry about making them mad. They'll say, just tell it like it is, preacher. Just tell me if I need to throw this away, I'll throw it away. And just bear with me because I might hunt it here in two or three days. I mean, you get up, preach against blue jeans on the women. They might get rid of every power they got. They might go down to Goodwill and get some more. But just keep preaching it and just keep telling it. And pretty soon they'll say, you know what? That's right. Hey, listen, let me say this. If it's right, it's right. If it's wrong, it's wrong. Amen. That's right. And, and you say, well, we don't want to run them off. No, just be honest with it. I tell you what I found out. It ain't the new convert gets mad. I mean, you preach against tattoos. And let me say something. If you're going to have a church in 2022, I hope you've got some people in your church with tattoos. I hope you've got some people singing in your choir with tattoos. I wouldn't let them. I wouldn't let them come. Well, where are they going to go? I tell you, bring me, get, get me the roughest, the meanest. I mean, I'm talking about somebody just rough as a cob. I tell you what, you'll find out. You get them men saved by the grace of God. You don't have to worry about somebody coming together up against the preacher. Amen. They'll hop on your roof and rip your shingles off. They won't put up with it because they'll remember that man that came and witnessed to them and knocked on their door and told them about Jesus and loved them like they was but didn't leave them like they found them. Amen. Thank God for somebody that'll tell you the truth, that'll tell you right. I tell you, if your preacher stands up and preaches against sin, when you get back home Sunday, you ought to hug his neck. You ought to be good to him. You ought to be good to his wife and family and say, thank you, preacher, for not compromising when the pressure is on. The king of this world said, hey, sell out to us. Nabal said, no, we're not going to do it, amen. We've, we've refined Jesus. We've watered him down. I mean, they say, well, you know, you just, you just see it don't matter who you are and it don't matter where you come from and it don't. Thank God God can take people with checkered past and bad backgrounds. Thank God for that. But I'm telling you, when Jesus saw sin in the life of individuals, he dealt with it. He did not avoid it. And I tell you this, if you're weed eat, you won't have to bush hog, amen. And it ain't gonna hurt you ever once in a while. Just, I mean, listen, just come in, nail it down. If your pastor does that, hug his neck, tell him you appreciate it. I tell you, some of y'all got saved because the man of God got up and he preached. He said, you're a drunkard. You're an adulterer. You got under conviction. God took the word of God, pricked your heart. You got saved and now you got a family in the house of God that don't know nothing about that. You didn't get that from some limp-wristed something or another. Amen. You got it from a man of God that got up and told you how it was. You know, 
Hey, people say, well, you got you know, you to become them and all that kind of stuff. We can't win them. You know, we, we can't, we, the problem with the fact is, you know, they say, well, Jesus never would preach like that. And I'd say, no, he's a whole lot worse than that. That's right. You read your Bible. You know what he did? He whipped him up a message one time. Yes, sir. <laughs> he did. That's what Jesus Christ did. He saw sin in the house of God. And I don't know, but, but I tell you what he did. He made him whip. Yes. He whipped him up when y'all preach that. I mean, I'll tell you what he did. I don't know. Now I'm making a whip. Look at me. I'm making a whip right now. That's what I'm doing. And he's over there and they said, What's he doing over there? Well, he's making a whip. Looks like he's making a whip. It starts out with a little bit of leather. And they're saying, Jesus said, I done been here a while back, back in John 2. I done told y'all y'all not making my house a house of merchandise. I done told y'all religious people that you're, that you're corrupting the house of God. And he's whipping up them. You know what he did? When they wouldn't get right, he dealt with the sin and he drove the sin out of the house of God. I tell you, these evangelists here that are preached, you wouldn't have them in your church if they brought a bullwhip in, would you? But I tell you, that's what Jesus did. Jesus drove sin out of the house of God. And I'm not talking about saying, boy, you said, boy, he really preached hard today. He said sin was bad. Amen. I mean, listen, yeah, just because what they try to do is just tiptoe just a little bit around. Well, I don't want to offend nobody. I don't want to make nobody mad. Well, I'm afraid I'll lose a meeting if I get up and preach. I tell you this, if God calls you to preach, I tell you this, God made a possum. He'll make a tree for that possum to climb up. And if you've been saved by the grace of God and called to preach, God will open a door for you. God will put you somewhere. And you say, well, they need to be saved. They do need to be saved. They need to submit. They do need to submit. But our job in the house of God is to tell the the truth. Amen. Amen. The Bible said, but if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. I mean, listen, you know, you, you look at people and today, you know, I believe in dress standards because they ought to be biblical. I don't believe you, I don't believe you, you need to be ugly. I mean, look at me. I mean, I'm just kidding. I believe you ought to put your best. I believe you ought to do your best. Right. I really do. I, I say there's nothing wrong with, with looking good. Ain't nothing wrong with GW fashions. I, I thank God for that. Amen. That's goodwill. You'd think it ain't no... I mean, listen. You know, they talk about, well, being overweight is unhealthy. Well, go in there and try to find you a 48 suit. You can find 38 smalls in there. You, you can find them 40 regulars, all the suits you want. Look like me. Ain't nobody dying but skinny people. <laughs> I tell you what, I, I've seen some. I've seen some people in church. I'm talking about male and female. I'm like, man alive! You can't wear what you were when you was 18 year old. You're 45 year old now. You need to expand a little bit. You need to go up a size or two. Amen. I mean, listen. You hey, you ought not look like two pigs in a sack fighting. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about. I, I mean, listen. I'm talking about looking like a Christian. I'm talking about looking like a man of God. I'm talking about looking like somebody that's been saved. You say. Where, where's that in the Bible? Well,
Well, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world. I mean, that is worldliness. What is world? It's the opposite of godliness. I mean, listen, if Hollywood is doing it, listen, you ought not be doing it. And some of you, you got your Facebook page, and some, and I don't have it. Amen. Thank God for that. And I know we have it at the church. We got live stream, and we do all that, and we pray. And, and, and listen, I know it's a tool. I understand that. But a lot of people use it as toys, and they don't read their Bible no more, and they don't live for God anymore. All they want to do is post something on their Facebook page. Listen, just with their, with their outfits on. And you know what? What that does is you get somebody that's truly saved, or you get a young child that's been saved by the grace of God, and they look at you and they say, well, you know what? I don't guess there's anything wrong with that. I'd hate to know I was a stumbling block to a child or somebody that was an infant in the Lord and be a stumbling block to them for what you quote unquote liberty you have. Amen. 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 Our dress standards, they are biblical. They were singing that song today. I just started living. I got me a brand new life. I thought about this. They some of these fellas now claim to be preachers. They'll change the word, say, I just started grieving. I got me a brand new wife. Yeah, brother Ricky, brother Ricky. The other day, I have been in some I've been in some meetings. You say well, I ain't going to invite you to my meeting. What's well, all right? I, I mean, I love you anyhow. I don't blame you. I, be, I, I don't blame you. But I've been in some places. They ought to get up and say, "I'm not dressed. I'm not dressed." Every time I sing a special, I'm not dressed. I should get more amens what I get right here. Ain't that right? Amen. I'd hate to know. I'd hate to know I have turned my head every time. You say, well, I, I, you know, I don't think that's right. Well, listen, if you've got to turn your head when the ladies go up in the choir, there's a problem somewhere. And it ain't their fault. It's you. You don't need to let it go on. You need to stop and say, hey, I'm not talking about embarrassing them. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about bringing them aside, get your wife in there and talk to them and try to counsel them and try to help them. I'm not talking about embarrassing somebody. Amen. You got to turn your head when your choir goes into the choir loft. I mean, listen, and, and I would just, I guess I don't understand this. I don't understand how they think that that will not affect people. I mean, listen, if you got young people in your church, I thank God for our young people. We got a bunch of them in here today. I thank God for them. But you wonder why adultery and fornication gets in the church. The devil's going to try to do it anyway. And he's going to try to get all that involved in your young people. They need to understand that it is right to keep your purity. And one way that you keep them pure, uh, you got if you got a young man, teenagers, you got a young man, and he gets his eye on a girl, there ain't nothing wrong with that. But it needs to be done in order. You say, do you you have a gun? Yes, me and my wife and her mom and daddy, we had a time. I mean, we really did. Well, I'd go over there at the Hazel Barrel. That's what I call. That's what I call. I'd go, hey, but I wasn't there to eat. If you can believe that or not, I wasn't there to eat. I was there to see my wife. But we just had a time. You say, why is that? Because we wasn't going to do nothing that we couldn't do in front of them. Because we wasn't going to do nothing and we couldn't do in front of Jesus. That's right. Amen. 
I tell you what, you let that stuff start going on and you got a young man and he gets that in his mind. Then he begins to meditate on it and we wonder why we got so many people hooked on pornography and we wonder why we got so many men now, so many preachers that are hooked on pornography because they let it go on in the house of God. God help you, amen. You ought to get right with God. You ought to get your backbone. You ought to get right with God and say that ain't going on around here no more. That's right. God bless you, Amen. Right? You know what I like? You know what I like about this? He didn't speak but one time. As far as I know, he said, "You want to sell out?" No, pretty much. He said, "No, we're, I'm not going to do it." Because it's valuable to me. What I believe is valuable to me. Because what I have is a scriptural based faith. It's not just on a whim. And it's not just because it's entertaining. And it's not just because you can get an amen from somebody. I I mean, listen, you know, there ought to be some things. There ought to be some things that you're willing. I'm just not going to die on the hill of some things. You can sing in our church if you don't have a tie these men that, that I go to, these men I go to, you got to have a tie to get in the choir. I'm not against them. As a matter of fact, I'm against a fella that said preachers got to wear ties. He ought to be hung by the thing. But that's what we do because it's right. It's, it's just, you know, you don't never see the president. Of the, oh, Lord. You know, you don't see him. Lord, I wish we didn't see him at all. I wish we didn't see him at all. Uh, but uh, you don't see him dressed. I mean, listen, I, I, I understand, you know, you can't wear a suit all the time. You can't wear a tie all the time and then stuff. But I understand that. But I'm telling you, there was a day where you could differentiate it. There would be a day. I mean, listen, where you seen him out there, he wasn't wearing no flip-flops and a pair of cutoffs and some kind of shirt buttoned down to about right here. He wasn't running around with no tank top on. He wasn't running around with no body armor or whatever, under armor. You say, you're just jealous because you can't put none of it on. No, you don't want me to put none of it on for one thing. For one thing. Man, you don't. You don't want that to happen. Amen. That's right. He just spoke one time. Amen. There's going to be a moment, I believe, in everybody's life where the adversary is going to tell you, and it breaks my heart to watch it happen. Brother Clark, you, you, you've seen men that we would hold in such high honor, and then they get older. And I don't know if somebody gets to them. I don't know if somebody says, hey, you know, don't, don't, don't be so dogmatic about that. And how many people have been led astray? Because I'll tell you what, you got started, everybody in this building, most people in this building, you got started right. And if you didn't get started right, listen, listen to what is listen to what's going on. If your preacher takes that Bible and he shows you what it says, preaching, and, and listen, line up with it. And and listen, line up with the preacher. And and, and and get some convictions in your life. Because if you don't, what's gonna happen is you'll end up selling out. And they'll get labeled, and you'll get laughed out, and, and you'll get say, Well, you'll be called shallow. No, what we need to be is scriptural. I've heard, listen, I've been in camp meetings. I've heard colored shirts, open-toed shoes, bald-headed preachers get up and preach about hairspray and putting stuff in your hair. 
I'm like, man, alive. No wonder you got no problem with the, got no problem with that. And and I mean, let's listen. I preach. They preach against going Walmart. They preach against all kind of stuff. And I, I may not agree with all those things, but you know what? I've never went home and when my children rode down the road and said, I can't believe that guy's such a stick in the mud. I can't believe that guy's so bad. I was in a camp meeting one time, and Brother Travis Clayton was who it was, and he got up and preached and preached on television, and about half of them got tore up, half of them got upset, uh, been up all out of shape, and I could see them, they was, pun- they was punching, and one of them was punching their little teenage boy, and was saying this, and don't believe that, and don't listen to him. That boy didn't get right with God. I don't know where he's at today, and I hate that. That grieves my heart. I wonder, listen, sir, hey, if you if you disagree with what I've said today, if you disagree with anything that I've said, I wouldn't tell my wife or my children about it. I wouldn't let them hear bad mouth preaching. I wouldn't hear them run down, and all these people to talk about, well, I mean, listen, who hadn't been hurt, and who hadn't been let down by somebody in the house of God, but it is still right to do right. You say, what is that? Because it was valuable to him. It was valuable to him because there was a boundary. There was a boundary around that property. Here's what Naboth said. He said, no, right here is where we draw the line. Back in the days of Naboth, when they would cultivate the land, what they would do, the way they marked the boundary, they didn't have a laser to shoot it with and they didn't have, you know, pins on each corner. What they'd do is they'd just kind of draw a line and they'd take those rocks when they would cultivate the land. And when they'd drop the plow, those rocks would come up. And so every time a rock would surface, uh, Mr., you know, great, 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 great granddaddy Naboth would say, boys, take that rock over and put it right over there in the corner. And take this rock and put it in that corner. Take this rock and put it in this corner. And then start from the corners. And here's what he'd say. Great, great, great granddaddy Naboth would say, boys, right here is the boundary. We can't go any farther than that. And this boundary is something to identify what's on the inside and keep some good things on the inside. Boundaries are very valuable. I mean, listen, there's a line that needs to be drawn in the house of God. There's a line that needs to be drawn in your house. You ought to say, hey, we're not listening to that around here. And about half these people that say, well, we got us a cuss box. Hey, your kids got better sense than that. They know what that heathens are saying on there. What y'all to do, praise God, to listen. I, I hope y'all don't throw me under the bus right here, but I like old Yeller, and I'm liable to cry when I watch it. Hey man, I, I cry when you pray the yeah, I might cry if you play Danny Boy. There ain't, ain't no nothing. I mean nothing really good about that. I'm an emotional guy. But I tell you this, you need to guard what you bring in your house. You need to guard what you allow to go on in your house. Hey man, there's there needs to be some boundaries. Well they drop that he would drop the plow. And the more they plowed, the more the rocks would turn up. And they'd go gather those rocks and they'd scatter those rocks. And they'd put those rocks on the boundary. And so the more they plowed and the deeper they dropped the plow, the more rocks would pile up around that boundary. And the more rocks would mark, that place was marked. I mean, it was a place that was very distinctive to Naboth. So no doubt, by the time Naboth got up to be a grown man, that wall had grown because of somebody had dropped the plow, because somebody had turned up the rocks, because somebody had got down in the dirt, because somebody had worked and labored and plowed and did what they needed to do so they could be a boundary. There was a boundary. He drew that line. I mean, it protected those people from the inside. Amen. Thank God for the blockades that God's put up in our life. 
You remember the time you were struggling with a particular situation and God touched a man of God's heart to, to preach to you and to help you and you throwed your CDs out and you got rid of the bad things or whatever it is now. You throw it away, your iPod and pad and all that. I mean, listen, I thought about this. It probably ain't got nothing to do with the message. But I, every time I see Brother Doug, Miss Chris, I, I think if Stacy was at a particular college and, uh, and she was old-fashioned and she was listening, and that back when they had iPods and you had them the, the things in years. And so she was listening uh, to somebody, somebody preach. Well, they say somebody was preaching and they're screaming and they're carrying on. And there's somebody they were standing next to her. They said, what are you listening to? She said, I'm listening to preaching. And I mean, listen, the Reigns and the Doherty's, they defy people who say you can't be proper and still be old-timey. Yeah. I'll say hard. They said, uh, said, what are you listening to? She said, I'm listening to preaching. She said, and, and that person next to her said, said, well, he's yelling. She said, yes, and I like it. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> It ain't the hollering that's bothering a lot of people. It's what we're hollering about. Hey, we ought to cry loud and spare not. Hey, you think we need less preaching on sin? You think we need less thundering from the pulpit? You think we need to water it down now? I tell you, Naboth said no. There's been too much plowing going on. There's been too much praying going on. There's been too much preparation going on. There's been too much going on for us to back up now. I tell you, listen, get something in your soul. Say, I'm not going to walk away. I've got too much at stake. I've gone too far to turn back now. Amen. There was a boundary. There was a boundary. It was marked and maintained. And every time you put a rock over there, it was a milestone. I'll say this, vineyards are to be pruned. They're to be cut back. And no doubt there was a time going on where Naboth would say, okay, boys, it's getting grown up around here. We're going to have to prune. We've got to cut some things back out of our lives. Listen, I, I tell you this. If you're in a church right now, and I, I'm, I'm really trying to mind the Lord. If, you, if you're in a church right now, hey, listen. There's going to be winter times. And there's going to be times where God and his providence will begin to cut some things back and begin to prune some things. And there's going to be winter time. The last thing your pastor needs for you to do right now is to back out on him and to leave him and to go somewhere else. Because I promise you, if you go somewhere else, there's going to be problems at that church. And if there ain't no problems at that church, when you get over there, there's going to be a problem over there. Because you're going to find out that your pastor's not perfect and the people's not perfect, but we got a perfect God with perfect scriptures. You're going to find out not everybody's going to do it like you want it done. And not everybody's going to say everything like you say that it needs to be said. And your pastor sometimes is going to have some things that are at stake and go Going on in his mind that you know not of. The last thing he needs for you to do right now is to run off on him and leave him. I tell you, there it might be winter time in your church. You go back, you say, preacher, I love you. I appreciate you because that was preacher that come and told you how to be saved. And you got a wife because of the preacher, and you got a family because of your preacher. Don't leave him now when the winter time comes. You say, why is that? Because honey, springtime is coming. There's going to be a time where. That vineyard will put off the fruit again. There's going to be times where you'll feel the presence of God again. I mean, listen, I say amen whether you feel like it or not. I say hallelujah for you feel like it or not. Say, preacher, thank God for you preaching to us. Don't run out when it's pruning time because one of these days there's going to be a springtime come. Amen. There's a temptation to water it down. 
in the wintertime. You say, why is that, Brother Randy? Because it took some pruning for that place to be fruitful again. Why was it important? Not just for what was on the inside, but this was next to the wall of an ungodly king. Brother Ricky, I'm sorry I've preached too long. No, I ain't. <laughs> I feel like I preached too long. I'm sorry. But I'm saying this. It wasn't just for the Nabothians. You say, why? Because it was on the border of the king's house. An ungodly, wicked, heathen king was on the outside. And so when the pruning time, when the pruning time came and the cutting back, it looked bad. There wasn't a lot of things going on on the inside. But that fruit would begin to grow again. That vineyard would begin to sprout again. And those grapes would begin to grow. And they'd grow up over the wall. Then they'd hang over the wall. I tell you why that Naboth, why Naboth protected that vineyard. Because Ahab and Jezebel, as wicked and ungodly as they were, they needed what was on the inside of that wall they needed joy they needed happiness you say they're wicked they're ungodly they are I mean listen if you vote for Joe Biden there remaineth no more sacrifice for your sin amen amen and I know I'm live on the internet and if you don't like this kind of preaching my name's John Morgan Hendersonville North Carolina Keep them cards and letters coming, amen. I got a camp meeting coming up in September. I'll meet you up there personally. Amen. 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 I'm telling you, say, well, I, I'm praying for them. I'm praying God to kill them. That ain't, that ain't spiritual at all. I'm praying to get saved. You say, I, you believe they go, oh, yes. Some people didn't believe you'd get saved. Here you are, got a King James Bible in your nap, saved by the grace of God now. I said in your lap, not in your nap, all right? You got a King James Bible in your lap, in the house of God. Some of your family thought you'd gone too far. You say, well, they've gone too far. They're reprobates. I tell you, you don't know that. You don't know that. I'm telling you, I believe that God can save anybody. I believe God still answers prayer. I believe God can save senators, representatives, and Californians. Amen. Amen. Jack Tree, Brother Jack Treber saved. Amen. He can save people anywhere, anytime. People say, well, you know, I get all this stuff we got going on in our country. We better get to praying. I thought, you mean it it's took this to get you praying? you've been praying for your leaders. I hope you've been praying God do a work in their life. Or as the, as the minor prophet prayed, hey, he said in wrath, remember mercy. I'm telling you, I still believe God can save and I still believe God can move. And the reason this vineyard is valuable is because what's on the inside needs to be spread to the outside. And so when the people walk by and those grapes would be hanging over the side of that rock of the rock wall, they would be able to reach up and grab what was on the inside. Boy, that sure is good. That sure is good because we don't have this on the outside. What they got on the inside is good. I tell you, that's why you need to live right. That's why you need to have some joy. That's why you need to be satisfied. That's why the world needs to see you have the love of God shed abroad in your heart. Hey, if you get excited about a ball game, you ought to get excited about Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. That's right. Amen. 
I'd hate to know you get so excited about you or excited about a ball game or excited about what's going on in this world. Have a walk around with your lip dragging all the time. I'd say, man, you know, it is good to be saved. Somebody talked to you or somebody, well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> and I know times is tough and I know there's mud holes and I know there's hospital visits and we buried some of the greatest saints of God the last couple of years over things that's happened. I'll tell you what, but I'll tell you what that want us to do. That want us to keep going. That want us to keep preaching. You know why? Because the world needs what's on this inside. The world needs it on the outside. Amen. I mean, you don't have to be mean and belligerent. You don't have to be condescending. And I'm going to say something. I hope it don't hit a snag right here. You don't have to hold up signs calling them ugly names that God don't call them. That's right. Amen. Say, what are they? They're sinners. They're sinners. Yes, sir. Sinners. Oh, my. We got we we got out some of our pictures for when we first got saved. I mean, it looked pretty bad. Looked pretty bad. Now we're saved in the house of God, cause something was valuable to somebody that came in before us. This vineyard was valuable. What we have is valuable. Man, what you have at your house is valuable. Those on the other side. Needed to be able to reach and get what's on the inside. As wicked and ungodly as Ahab and Jezebel were, they needed what was on the inside. But their motive was all wrong. You say, what happened to Naboth? The same thing that happened to Stephen. Amen. He got rocked to sleep. And I promise you when Naboth, when he met, when God led captivity captive, I promise you when Naboth met the Lord, God would say, well done, my good and faithful servant. If your motive is to please people, Hannah and I, my my daughter, she rode with me this morning. We were talking about dressing right, just looking God and looking right. And I, I want you to look right and live right and be right and holy before the sight of God, not because of somebody to get on to you if you wouldn't dress right. Amen. It's the fact because you don't want to hurt God. You don't want to grieve the Holy Ghost of God. You don't want to, you want to line up with the Word of God. You want to obey the Lord. And if your motive is to do that, and you can pillow your head at night saying, I'm doing what God would have me to do, then that's all that matters. And you're going to find out you ain't going to be able to please everybody. But there's some things we need to hold on to today because they're valuable. Thank God for the value of this vineyard. Preachers asked me to give give an invitation this afternoon, and I I really do apologize preaching long as I did, but would you come if if you need to come? And there's a, you know, uh, there's some missionaries that are saying, well, God's called me to, uh, if you need to come, let's everybody stand. If you need to come, pray and ask God to help you. You may be a pastor here and say, you know what, I need some help. I'm struggling with a, dealing with the situation. I don't like to deal with problems. I don't like it. Some guys, it seems like they just, I don't, I don't, I don't like dealing with it. But if you don't deal with it, it's going to deal with you. You may be a pastor here and you're just struggling. You got something going on in your church and you don't know what to do. I'm not talking about being mean and belligerent, but you may have to have a sit down. 
not talking about embarrassing nobody, but saying, brother, what's going on? What you may have to do is you may have to say, you know what, I've let some things go in my life. I have to go get you some more material. There'll be a change in your wardrobe. Kind of let some things slide because there's not a boundary up anymore. Glad Naboth did not bring in an excavator, of course, in the day and age in which we live at, you understand, and knock down the wall, knock down the boundary, and say, you know what? That's old fashioned. Daddy did it. If Daddy did it and it was right, then you ought to do it because it's right. Say, so my pastor's out of date. No, more than likely, what your pastor's doing is he's plowed down your tater patch got upset at him instead of saying preacher tell, I tell it like it is you may have to hurt me to help me it's valuable people have come to pray Lord I want to thank you and I bow before you Lord and I do want to thank you Lord for an opportunity to stand and I pray God you just give us grace I pray for every pastor that's here that you'd strengthen them and help them I pray for every young person here God that's Lord, who's going through things and battles that we know not of, I pray you'd give them grace to help them, Lord, that we heard about this morning. And I thank you, Lord, for an opportunity. Let's just tell, Lord, one more time that you love sinners. Help us, God, for the ones that are on the inside to be able to share what's on the inside to those on the outside. Thank you for all you've done, in Jesus' name.